Have you ever had someone lie about you and spread it all over town? That can be really hurtful. And the Apostle Paul experienced this too. Next on Abounding Grace, we'll see what transpired and how he handled it. This is amazing grace. I think it's safe to say all of us have been on the receiving end of an unfair accusation. It can be greatly discouraging and even make you feel like giving up the ministry God has called you to. The Apostle Paul dealt with it as well. And as we begin a study of 2 Corinthians today on abounding grace, we'll notice how he chose to deal with it. False teachers had entered into the church causing problems. And that sort of thing still goes on today. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to introduce our series. People do wonder sometimes if God is real. Not just the skeptics. I mean, I think we would expect it from the skeptics, but real everyday people, even now, listening in, questioning their lives, questioning the purpose of their lives, wondering, uh, wondering if there is an eternity. Could there be an eternity? Is there really a God? Is there really a devil? Is there really sin? Is the Bible true? And they're weighing out their various options. You know many of them. They're your friends. They're your neighbors. They're your co-workers. Perhaps even part of your family. And a lot of them are into different philosophies. They're into different wisdom and money. Some of them are sold out to knowledge. Even various false religions have captured their attention. And anyone on that journey now kind of looking for God or wondering about God or have ever been on that journey knows that the topic of the one true God will always come up. I mean, if that's who you're serving, you're ministering to someone right now and they're wondering about life, they're wondering about death, they're wondering about religion, they, family was into this and they bought this book and they saw this movie. And what, what they, when, they're, when they're thinking through these things, the pathway that you're taking them on will always end up at the one true God. The God that you worship. The God that sent his son Jesus Christ to pay the price for your sins. You and I really have nowhere else to take them. We're not going to be dabbling in the realm of philosophy because Jesus isn't a philosophy. And we're not going to be dabbling in the world's wisdom and all the things of this world and all the topics of this world because Jesus himself is true wisdom. We're not going to be trying to battle truth for truth because Jesus is is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. His truth always trumps. Even Paul, if you recall, and you can jot it down in Acts chapter 17, when he was there in Athens on Mars Hill, which we had the privilege of being not many months ago, standing right there on Mars Hill with the Acropolis in the background and the library down on the bottom of the hill, He would walk around the city and he would notice all of the various idols. They had so many idols, idols for every emotion, idols for all sorts of occasions. They were so into idolatry that they had one 
that they had named to the unknown God. And Paul picks up on that and respects their desire to know God and respects their desire, that natural desire to worship. And he uses it as a bridge and says, hey, 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 by the way, I see you guys are so religious here. I see that there's something in you that you want to connect with God. I've noticed all of the idols, all of the statues, and there was that one. You guys know that one. The one that you wrote down, it says right there, to the unknown God. You know the one that's to the, yes, everyone, I know the, well, to that unknown God, I'd like to introduce you to him today. I'd like you to know the unknown God who is very knowable, the God of all creation. If you yourself have ever wondered if God is real, I want you forever to put in the back of your mind the city of Corinth. You can just write it out, C-O-R-I-N-T-H. A literal city filled with literal people. And if you've ever wondered about the existence of God, remember the ancient city of Corinth. But not just Corinth, because what was happening in Corinth more than 1,000 years ago, almost 2,000 years ago, is still happening in cities today. Corinth is not unlike our city here in Aurora or Denver, a large metropolitan city filled with people going about their daily life trying to make ends meet, caught up in who knows what and making things up to be caught up in if they haven't been caught up in something already. And Corinth, like our city, is filled with one thing, changed lives. If you've ever wondered if there's a God, I want you to know that of all the pieces of evidence that you could possibly see, and there are literally thousands upon thousands, there are still more pieces of evidence that you need to consider. And that is literally the millions upon millions, billions of changed lives. Changed lives. Not only on the outside, don't think of changed lives just as behavioral changes, but I mean literal lives that reflect what Jesus said people and men, men and women, boys and girls that are born again. Changed lives. The changed life is by far the most compelling evidence for the existence of God. I mean, turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me explain that to you. A changed life. Some of you are sons and daughters of parents that were changed, and you exist today because of the changed life of your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents, or for some of you, you have lived in a godly home that has been handed down for you to generation after generation. But I'll tell you what, there was somewhere in that generation where a mom, a dad, a boy, a girl was born again, and when they started a family, generations down the line, you're benefiting now by the power of God. The evidence of a changed life, it's amazing. Look at your own life. Look at you. Use yourself an example. Now, some of you are going to go, wait a minute, I'm not all that changed. Yeah, but God has changed you a little bit, right? I mean, there is some radical change going on in your life. I mean, if you're looking to go, well, I'm not changed much, and, you know, I don't think I'm even changed, and you don't really know me yet. Listen, you're sitting in a church listening to a Bible study. That's pretty significant. Like, there is a little bit in you. Like, you could be so anti-God right now, but look what you're doing. You're listening to a Bible study. Okay, maybe you didn't make it in. Maybe you didn't sneak into the building, into the back here. But you know you're listening to your radio. 
You're listening to a Bible study on the radio and say, where did that come from? God is drawing you to himself. You didn't come to hear some man. You came to hear Jesus Christ taught through his word. Jesus Christ, him and him crucified, risen again. God has been working on you. That alone is evidence. I mean, look at you. What were you last year? Well, Ed, you know, we don't, we don't really want to know. Could we put your, where you were last year up on the screen? Could we do that? Like, Sharon, hey, can I see the next picture? No, no, don't show that. I know. Look how much God has already drawn you to this point. Now all that's left is for you to surrender and repent and be born again. How much more, you believers? Oh, I know it's easy to look at your life and go, Ed, I've got so much. I got so, there's so much more for me. God is going to have to do so much. I've got so long of a journey still yet to travel. I know, but you're on the journey. Look at it that way. Oh, man, God's going to work in all of us until we see Jesus face to face. It all depends on how you want to look at it. Well, you know, yeah, I'm just, man, I'm so messed up. I got so much. God's going to work hard on me. Okay, ask him right now. Say, God, work hard on me, and he will. It'll be painful. But look, at you have a desire to change. Where did that come from? God is working and drawing you to himself for the city in Corinth. Listen to this. Pick up with me in verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Change lives. Evidence of the very power and presence of God on the earth today. Not the devil. The evidence of the devil is not changed lives. The evidence of the devil are people being ripped off. People being lied to. Marriages tanking. Kids getting into all kinds of stuff. That's the evidence of the devil. You have to look far for evidence. Murder and mayhem. Darkness and destruction. You know how we'll, those that even deny God, they'll be watching the news and they'll see some of the stuff that we've seen recently and they'll be yelling at their TV in the quietness of their house. That's evil. That's evil. Listen, friend, if you can see evil, then you can also see good. Because as dark as the evil is, God is far greater than that. He's a rescuer and a redeemer, and he turns the light on in darkness and can even redeem evil and use it for his purposes. Evidence of God is all around us, but the biggest evidence is a changed life. Look what happened in Corinth. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived, Paul says. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Those categories covered a lot of us before we were saved. We were just into this stuff. And all the other things like it. You may not have been that bad. You may not have labeled yourself such. But the Bible says if you've sinned in one area of the law, you've broken it all. And the Bible also says that we were conceived in our mother's womb in sin. We were born in sin. And here's what God does to sinners like you and me. Such were some of you. You might want to mark that word were. It's uh, in the English here and in the Greek, it's past tense. Did you notice that? It doesn't say such are some of you, are. It says were, such were some of you. And here's what happened. This is the changed life. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And how? By the Spirit of God. It's one thing to break a habit. It's another thing to be born again. 
It's one thing to stop cussing. It's another thing for God to deliver you from it. It's one thing for you to turn your computer off. It's another thing for God to erase the desire for pornography. Big differences. It's one thing for you to make a conscious choice. I don't think I ever want to do this again. It's a whole other thing for God to give you the very power to follow through with your desire. And to keep you and to sustain you. And to wash you and cleanse you. It didn't take long for the good news to leave Jerusalem. Just like Jesus predicted. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That was the model. That is the model. That is how God reaches a lost world. We're faithful at home. We branch out and we take off. That's how it was and that's how it is. And the gospel came to Corinth, this utterly wicked and vile and city full of unbelievers, miles and miles from Jerusalem, and in just 20 years or so, a city that was given over to everything anti-God had a thriving body of believers in it, a church. 20 years earlier, no church. No believers. No nothing. The gospel comes and life enters into the city. It's glorious. It's what stirs every missionary, every church planter, every Sunday school teacher. It, what it, what, the, the, the possibility of changed lives makes the issues in your life right now, they make, it makes it come into perspective. I mean, think about what you've been spending the last few weeks doing and especially if it's just been a couple weeks of arguing and bickering and just really holding on to your own self-will do you know every time you and I hold on to our own self-will we are in full rank disobedience with God you know why because Jesus said anyone desires to follow him just conditions for following him just for conditions is coming alongside of him is to deny yourself and to take up your cross and follow him. It puts everything in perspective. Like God has the solution to your problem right now. God has what it needs, what you need right now to reconcile your marriage. He has it. If you just take it, it's yours. But you have to die to yourself, and you're not willing to do that. That's your problem. You're simply not willing to die to your own selfishness and your own self-will and your own opinions. And and you're not willing to die for all the years that you're holding against one another. And you're not willing to die to the resentment and the bitterness that's taken root. You're not willing to die so it's fully alive and the flesh is alive and the spirit is being quenched. Marriages, your relationship with Jesus, that area that you struggle with is simply an area you enjoy. If you really want to be changed, then surrender and be washed by Jesus. You know, when I think of being washed by Jesus, I think that Jesus is going to do a good job. He's not going to do a half job. You know, sometimes you take your car in, you spend all this money, and it comes out dirty. And you come back over, you say, hey, my car's still dirty. No, it's not. It is still dirty. No, it came in dirtier. Well, wash it. Fix the machine. It's not the machine's fault. Like, man, like, my car's still dirty. Can you run it through again? And they run it through again, and guess what? It's still dirty. And they run it through again, 
It's the same area. They, they need to fix that thing down there because it's not cleaning the car. Jesus isn't like that. You're not going to come out and go, well, Jesus, I'm still dirty. No, no, no. The Bible says he washed you. Sanctified. The word sanctified in 1 Corinthians says means to be set apart. To be used for his glory. To be justified. That's your position. You see, part of the issue here in 1 Corinthians 6 is sometimes we get confused with being justified. That means to be made right in the sight of God. You've been washed and cleansed. You now have a full relationship with God. However, there are still consequences. That's why those of you that aren't involved in any rank, rebellious sin right now, don't do it. Like you're thinking about it right now, like maybe, and I could probably get away with it, and it's not that big a deal. Don't do it. Well, you know, Jesus right there, you just said, Pastor, you know, Pastor Guy, he's going to forgive me. Yeah, you'll be forgiven, and you'll have to deal with the consequences. So just avoid it. Stay away from it. You'll be washed. You'll be cleansed. There'll be newness of life. But, ah, it's difficult sometimes dealing with the consequences. And the best way to avoid that is just to stay away from it. See, the church in Corinth is alive because of the presence of the Spirit of God. 700,000 people lived in the city of Corinth. It was so strategically located that lots of people would come through, lots of business, lots of city stuff. It was a very well-thriving, important city. There was a big temple there, the Temple of Aphrodite, where its thousands of prostitutes would descend into the city wanting and coercing and tempting both men and women to worship false gods through sexual sin. And you'll remember, Paul spent 18 months in the city of Corinth, and we find that in Acts chapter 18, establishing the church, discipling, building up the saints, raising up godly leadership, and then he would move on. Paul headed off to Ephesus from Corinth for three years. And it was at the end of this time in Ephesus that many believe the first letter, because this is the second letter that we know of that's been inspired of God, that the first letter to the Corinthians was written. Somewhere along the way, just like the temptation for you and I, somewhere along the way, the Corinthian church turned a very difficult corner. It happened not too long after Paul left them, as as he moved on to what God was calling him to do, and all kinds of ugly things entered into the church. We've learned some of them in our study in 1 Corinthians. We're going to learn a lot of them in our study here in the second letter, at least what we know is the second letter to the Corinthians. Things like division, factions, immorality, unspiritual leadership. They weren't using the spiritual gifts unto Jesus, but for themselves. They were drawing attention to themselves. They weren't respecting the Lord's Supper They they weren't respecting the the elements and what they represented. They held wrong beliefs about the resurrection. Lots of stuff going on with this church filled with new believers. In response to a report that Paul the Apostle received, he takes his quill in hand and he begins to write a letter, the letter that we know today is 1 Corinthians. And in it, he dealt with many of these issues head on, spiritually in love. Now, since Paul's first letter, the church had been influenced by false teachers, people that would come in and take advantage. You know, whenever there is weakness in your life, there's always somebody looking to take advantage of it. There's always somebody looking and seeing, you know, there's weakness in them, there's difficulty in them, so let's see what we can get out of that. You always want to have your guard up, but it's hard to have your guard up when there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. 
When you're not walking with the Lord, you make yourself very vulnerable. When your relationship with Jesus is fractured, you make yourself very vulnerable to people that would love to take advantage of that. In the church in Corinth, a bunch of false teachers that wanted to draw people. They could see the work of God, see what God was doing. And when they came into the fellowship in Corinth, all they wanted to do was take people away from Jesus to themselves. It's been the pattern since the early church. And lest you think that Calvary Aurora is immune to that, we've had our fair share come through. And I'm sure more will come through. And you can pray that we're good shepherds and that we use the staff when necessary and also the rod. Because we don't take kindly to wolves that would want to rip off the sheep here. The only thing, if you're a wolf right now and you're here, I want you to know you're not welcome here. You want to repent and become a sheep right now, I'm cool with that. But you're not welcome to come in and take advantage of this church. You're not welcome to come in and take advantage of people seeking Jesus. You're not welcome to come in and teach false doctrine. You're not welcome to come in and draw people after yourself. And the minute we sense that there are wolves among us, expect for a shepherd to come and first speak kindly to you, of course. (laughs) But wolves aren't welcome around sheep. Wolves and sheep, they don't mix very well. Sheep don't tend to last around wolves because you know what wolves do? They eat sheep. They do. It's a very serious thing. Cults have been started by very prominent wolves. Believers in churches all around the world are ripped off by very coy, cunning, devil-inspired, devil-sent wolves into congregations just like ours. And we aren't, we aren't welcoming to wolves. We'll take you right out the door and all the way to the curb preaching the gospel to you all along the way. <laughs> but the problem with wolves is they come in and they're dressed in. What are they dressed in again? Speak up. People are listening. Yeah. Everybody's whispering. Sheep's going. You can talk. We could talk together. It's all right. There's people listening on the radio. They're like, is he, has he got one guy in there? No? <laughs> I was like, no, it's just a lot of whispering, you know. It's like, well, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> and so you have to walk in the discernment of the Spirit, don't you? And just really praying for God to give you wisdom and understanding so that our kids are protected, so that our congregation's protected from those that would come in just like here in Corinth. They would come in. This particular group was very vicious because not only were they teaching false doctrine, but they were spreading vicious lies and rumors about Paul. They were saying, as we'll study in the coming weeks, many, many wrong, vicious lies. And they have turned many people in the church in Corinth against Paul. They claimed he was a proud man and indecisive unimpressive in appearance. They claimed that he was dishonest, unqualified as an apostle, that he was, ta- he was, they would claim that he was the one taking advantage of the flock. And he will spend the time in 2 Corinthians giving forth a defense, defending himself, because many people believed the lies. 
Well, there you get an idea of where we'll be going in the weeks ahead as Pastor Ed Taylor leads us through 2 Corinthians on Abounding Grace. You can also look for these messages online at calvaryco.church. If you have a smartphone or tablet, check out our apps in the App Store or Google Play. They're free, and they're great ways for you to take in the Word of God wherever you go. Do a search for Calvary Aurora. Here in the month of August, we've picked out an excellent book we believe will really be of help to you or a friend of yours. See if this sounds familiar. Someone comes up to you with a problem they're facing, and you know Scripture speaks to it, but you just can't quite think of the verse. Well, the quick Scripture reference for counseling is just what you need to be able to quickly find the Bible passages for the issues you and your friends are faced with. It's arranged topically, so you can quickly find what you're looking for. And we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.church. And thank you for your support. It helps us get the word out on stations like this one all across the nation. Come back next time when we'll continue the study with Pastor Ed Taylor. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.